Welcome to Exporter International, a podcast specifically focused on Slovak trade matters, featuring international experts, ambassadors, and industry leaders. Presented by Zulf Hayek Khan. Welcome back to our ongoing series of Exporter International podcasts. And this week, we're looking a little closer to home, as my guest today is in fact Lukas Parizek, chairman and founder of the Council of Slovak Exporters. And I would like to welcome you today, well, in your own office. Hi, it's all good to be here. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, uh, Lucas, some of our listeners, not all of them, may remember you from your time as former State Secretary at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and a huge advocate for economic di- diplomacy. With so many more fundable NGOs out there, like for the defense industry or transatlantic cooperation or even green initiatives and innovation, why on earth did you decide to choose export? Well, that's a good question. Um, well, I think it has many layers uh, that I could talk about. One is definitely my own experience that you referred to, um, that I understood or got some feeling for export. And uh, the other thing is that I, I, I found out by, by knowledge uh, and by this experience that there is a huge potential on the Slovak market. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that many players uh, dealt with it directly. Um, of course, the state does its part um, than the private sector. But I, I've seen similar entities abroad. And uh, it somehow is a collision of, of the end of my term at the MFA. And of course, the potential that I referred to then the COVID crisis that the virus triggered. So I think uh, all those three or four aspects um, made a good coincidence or collision of, of timing when we decided to um, kick off this platform. Now we're here for a year or so, mm-hmm. and we're having over 80 members and very good feedback. So I think it was a good pick, and I believe we can deliver. Uh, if you, There are a lot of cynics out there that might say, does the world need another NGO with an acronym? Um, but you mentioned specifically that um, the the gap was there for export that had been neglected. So we know the why. Let's talk a little bit, uh, explore a little bit more about the what. What exactly does the council do? Well, the council is a is a business association. Um, it positions itself between the private sector and everybody else. So also B2B, but also B2G. We like to serve as a facilitator. Uh-huh of information, of, of support, of uh, certain guidance. So actually, um, we collect our members um, to give them a stronger voice uh, for their concerns. But also we try to accommodate individually all the uh, things that they need to deal with, uh, be it demands, be it some problematic areas, informational support. And we try to save their time and energy and also money when they need to either um, uh, dig for some information uh-huh. or or they need to reach out to somebody, check something abroad. So anything foreign related, they can approach us and we try to facilitate. You know, some may some cynics might also say that, uh, you know, do you do something similar to a chamber of commerce or would you think that you provide a supplementary or an additional service that a chamber of commerce might offer? Well, um, this is a very good question, and also it's it's logical that you're asking this. I think the Chamber of Commerce, what is the basic difference? The Chamber of Commerce exists in every country. Uh, it is uh, defined by, by law, usually, uh, and it covers all the areas that entrepreneurs need to cover. 
right? So, so the so the lo- local uh, economic environment and uh, business environment, also a little bit of export, import, so kind of trade and commercial stuff all the way, and uh, we're trying to deal with export exclusively. Okay. So for us, uh, we cover only this part of the area. And uh, we try to be maybe more flexible and have more of an individual approach. So we don't go uh, top down, but bottom up. So we wait for demands from our companies and we serve them individually. I think that is the main difference. And of course, the, the exclusive focus on export. You mentioned a little bit earlier that you've grown almost exponentially in, in the period of a year from zero to 90 members roughly and a host of strategic partners uh, we, we can call on chambers of commerce uh, uh, foreign ministries and uh, embassies as some strategic partners do you think that there was a real call for arms was this something that was really needed at this time and, and that is that evidenced by the fact so many people have joined on well uh I believe again, um, it has different, different, different aspects and different reasons why. Uh, of course, there was this crisis. There is one thing. Uh, the other thing is that I think we've done um, a tremendous job reaching out to companies, uh, offering them our service, uh, showing them where can be the added value of the platform. Uh, we motivated them by 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 delivering results, also by very, uh, I would say, um, affordable and very promising type of membership. So not very costly, very effective. And uh, yeah, there is, an, there is an appetite because the, the borders have been closed during the crisis. Sure. Um, the global trade suffered. Um, so there is a lot of opportunities now and uh, companies are getting uh, back to their reality and trying to, to, to somehow catch up to what was lost last year. So I think there is the appetite and we are trying to build on that. And if you had to dissect the the companies that you look at from the private sector, I understand that you know it essentially was a startup. So you were approaching people, knocking on doors, making those phone calls, and yes, you you had a certain reputation. But if you had to d- dissect those companies, which sector would you think would be the one that has you were surprised about that had the most demand for export and felt like they needed the most amount of support? FMCG. So it's the food, it's the food industry. Yep, and I was surprised by that because it's more of a retail type of sale. Uh, it looks to me. So maybe I, I was surprised that uh, we could provide added value to them, or that the appetite from from this particular sector was so big. Uh, I understand how they trade, how they sell. It's more of aggressive marketing, selling, uh, more d- direct kind of approach, less of uh, diplomacy that we were used to for, for, for typical exporters from the industrial segments, from sure. agriculture and so on. Uh, they need a different service, different approach. Uh, but yes, but this is also a very relevant segment and we have uh, quite promising companies in Slovakia. And uh, I'm glad we have them today and that we can also help them reach out to foreign markets. So you you, you mentioned the FMCG uh, sector and obviously the council is happy to ha- count on several members like Paology, uh, Maxport, um, yep, Divas Drink, Divas Drink, who all have uh, great export um, uh, stories and, and some that have been successful even in the United States. Has there been, um, has there, do you think there's been a neglect of some of these companies that have been so focused on the Visegrad and the local partnerships that they haven't had the ambition or the know-how to go into larger markets? Well, I think it's, um, um, this is something that you need to approach step by step. So, so addressing the surrounding countries and, and being established 
locally and then regionally within the Visegrad group, I think it's 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 the first starter, right? You don't you don't usually start with exporting to uh, Latin America or United States or Central Asia. However, Maxport would doubt that because they said that the first exporting country for them was Kazakhstan, if you remember, in 2012. Uh, this also happens, but of course, once the the um, companies and the brands are established here, uh, the market has its limits. We are five million population in Slovakia. They need to uh, grow, yeah. And the bigger markets are there to come um, after they 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 have the size, they have the knowledge and the capacity to to reach out to to bigger markets like the United States, maybe China, India, uh, maybe Brazil. Uh, so this is, I think, uh, uh, something that is coming with progress and evolution in those companies. And uh, I am glad that we have some of them already established on the United States market because this is. A uh, very promising market with a lot of opportunities, but also not very easy to access. So you really need to be, uh, you know, you don't do it Lightly. a week after you have established your company. You really need to build yourself up to be able to address all the, um, not only from the capacity perspective, but also you need to understand the legislative norms. You need to invest. Um, you need to travel a lot and understand the the the, the specific market. Therefore, uh, I'm glad that we can take our companies further. Also uh, I, across the seas. I was appreciative that you made two good food jokes there. You said uh, starter and appetite. So happy that you're keeping on that FMCG train. Sure. Um, one of the questions, and I, and I know you're going to try and be a little bit diplomatic about this, is there's been a, 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 perhaps a lack of faith in the public sector combining efforts with the private sector. What kind of reforms, well, maybe not reforms, but what kind of collaboration would you like to see going forward between the public sector and uh, and the private sector and why was there such a a drop in faith do you think yeah first of all i think the drop in faith is on both sides uh so i believe just to ease it a little bit that also the public sector lost its faith in itself uh but the public sector is always complicated in every country uh, it's sure. because of the legislation because of the processes bureaucracy it's less flexible uh, less communicative uh, and the private sector is always more lively, uh, reacting to different, you know, developments in the business area, and they expect uh, a very fast decision making and 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 uh, a very fast response. Uh, therefore, this is a discussion everywhere in every country: how to streamline, how to foster, facilitate, how to make more effective state service, or maybe the instruments that the government can offer. Um, here in Slovakia, yes, we are, have a specific situation where really the export, which generates annually uh, almost more than 90% of revenues in the overall, more than 90% of the annual GDP. Yeah. Um, so the export is a very vital part of our economy. Uh, but usually the uh, small and medium enterprises has, have been a little bit in a shade of the, of the big uh, foreign investors who do their part on their own. And the macro numbers are very good, but then when we take off the, the the top layer and we look inside, we'll see that the the SME segment needs a lot of lot of support, a lot of help, has has a lot of ambition, a lot of potential, which is unfulfilled. Sure. And um, the state sector has lost a little bit breath, I believe, uh, in recent years, being satisfied with those uh, overall macroeconomic numbers and 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 not really looking forward. 5, 10, 15, 20 years ahead, what to do and the global market develop. The competition is really high in the European Union as well. Therefore, um, we came, we, we actually have published an analysis recently 
uh, with also the Economic University of Bratislava, where we um, focused and, and maybe pinpointed and highlighted a couple of areas that could be um, addressed. Sure. Uh, and we gave it um, a discussion. We gave it a shot. We 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 have put it on, it online and communicated it to every relevant entity in Slovakia. And I believe the discussion is now ongoing, and it will be helpful to both sides, so that the solutions can be found also uh, can be found also on the state sector or the governmental side. And the Council of Slovak Exporters will be there to help. Uh, and, and I was going to come uh, logically to to the recent uh, report uh, export analysis that has been published here. But what I wanted to know is that do you see uh, the opportunity for part private public institutions to be set up to help facilitate export? And you said neglect of the SMEs uh, specifically that have been in the shade. They desperately need help, especially after COVID. Do you think that there's ambition and desire to set up these type of constructs where there is that inter-private, inter inter-public cooperation? Well, I believe there is definitely a demand, um, such demand on the private sector side. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, the government needs to respond to that. Uh, I believe that not only the number of companies that signed up for the Council of Slovak Exporters, but also we are just, you know, um, also piece of the puzzle, right? There is other players on the market. There is uh, employers unions, there is a chamber of commerce, there is different state and non-state entities. And many of them uh, show that there is uh, gaps in different areas that could be addressed. And now we have a proper time because we're going out of the crisis. Uh, there is also a little bit of more money in the air, right? Coming with the recovery plans, with some, some, some Brussels ambitions and initiatives on the EU level. And uh, everybody is now rethinking the overall strategy of uh, of the of the governance and the economy of of each and uh, particular um, participating states or member state of the European Union. Therefore, in Slovakia, this discussion is also ongoing uh, with uh, plenty of solutions on the table, and we add to sure. that with some export-related suggestions. So I believe that they'll be taken into account and will be will be there to assist and help implement. A couple of uh, follow-up questions based on the 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 export analysis number one what was what do you think were the, the most startling revelations the the thing that shocked you most when it was published well actually i wasn't shocked by publishing it because we published it right so i was quite prepared but it but but some some of the uh numbers and conclusions were really shocking in a way that uh how underestimated or underfinanced is for example the innovation part sure. and, and and research and development industry and how slovakia is 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 lower than on the on the 40% of the average of the eu is below 40% on on innovation and and r&d then uh, of course the uh, territorial disbalance of our exports most of it going to the uh, to the um, european union uh, which doesn't sound or is not bad as such, of course. But if you look at it from the risk perspective, you need to diversify sure. always. So even though you have a very strong local industry or you have a very strong industry represented by foreign investors, it doesn't really matter. The fact is that you don't want in the end to be kind of, um, let's say, dependent on one single market or one single sector, because whenever then the sector feels some crisis or is hit by by uncertain or or, or maybe some unforeseen developments, uh, the economy is is uh, shocked directly. And then you don't know how to, you know, uh, do damage control, Absolutely. Uh, how to survive, how to go forward. So we need to more distribute, we need to more um, 
let's say diversify our export markets, uh, our also uh, exporting industries, and uh, also the trend of uh, uh, let's say the active um, um, saldo or the active surplus of our export over the years between uh, 2015 and 2019 has been decreasing and has decreased overall of uh, almost 70%, which is also a very bad signal. We did not count the year 2020 because it's not very valid in that context as the crisis has been <laughs> uh, hit uh, and, and has been presented on the Slovak market. But before that, these trends and, and tendencies have been observed. So uh, a couple of very, very good conclusions and observations. But then we also see uh, how our foreign presence is developed. Uh, I would even say that undeveloped, maybe. Maybe. And going backwards in certain areas, be it uh, personnel, finances, and also also marketing and, and global branding presence of Slovakia, where I see we, we really like behind. So I see that the some of the key takeaways from that is some contingency planning that's needed uh, based on the fact that over-reliance on the EU. Uh, also, perhaps we can all like to forget the year 2020 and, and then strike that off. Uh, and innovation, definitely an area where a lot more investment. And I think we've both seen in the uh, EU resilience and recovery plan that a lot of money has been earmarked in Slovakia for innovation let's just hope that it's implemented yeah and there is there is actually a direct correlation between innovation and export because you need to be competitive right and if you want to be globally competitive uh, you need to move forward therefore for progress you need to innovate constantly uh, therefore it starts there education innovation uh, to have uh, locally established competitive products and Absolutely. then you can address uh, not only the surrounding markets but also the foreign markets uh, with something that sells better off on not, not always just a better price, but also better quality. And then uh, you have a long lasting business. So it's one thing uh, putting out a report like this, but then it's another thing getting the comments. What do you think the feedback has been from the government, from the private sector, from the media? Were you happy? Well, um, so far it has been two weeks, I think, after the release of the document. Um, it has been published and, and, and also taken over by, by several media. Uh, we got also some feedback from state entities and also private sector. Private sector very much welcomed the document because uh, they see it and we see it as well as a, as a discussion starter. But uh, from the government perspective, uh, there has been some phone calls and questions uh, and I see the debate is just coming. There is um, certain platforms, forums, forums or, or, or debates and conferences planned for September and October where this topic will be brought up. Uh, so we'll see in weeks and months to come. And the council will participate in as sure. many of those uh, as possible. Uh, it begs another question is that the, the council has painted a picture of reality, a, a harsh reality, maybe some might think. Will it embark upon a follow-up, a white paper, a strategy paper, now that we've found those conclusions? Would that be an ambition of the council or is that something... Uh, a few few months away. Well, definitely, I can promise that we will not give up uh, on 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 our uh, ambitions in this regard. So we'll see how much we can deliver, uh, where we can participate, assist either the state or the private sector, what we can implement in the coming months and maybe years, and then we'll definitely do a follow up. Uh, we'll try to reach out to the international audience as well because we have some solid partners abroad, uh, not only the chambers of commerce, but also different state entities and, and business associations as us. And we'll try to share this knowledge, uh, look for, for, for opportunities there and maybe then follow up based on what is being said and implemented. 
because anything we start here will then have to be reflected abroad and the results that we would see uh, eventually will be abroad. Therefore, uh, we will try to take this discussion also on an international level. And always there's a finite uh, amount of time for for analyses like this to, to be released because the numbers will change uh, in the future anyway. So I've spoken to several ambassadors, obviously, on this series of podcasts in recent times, and they all express one very big concern about the Slovak economy as a whole. Uh, and export-related issues is that over-reliance, and you know, I've, I've mentioned this word countless times, that over-reliance on cars and manufacturing. Um, through your time here at the Council of Slovak Exporters, is this an opinion you share or do you see it with different eyes? And, and what would you like? I mean, you mentioned innovation or, already. Where do you think the, the next chapter lies with Slovak export? Well, I, I share this to a certain level, uh, of course. Uh, if you look at it from the first kind of uh, glance or perspective, uh, yes. Uh, on the other hand, we have been an industrial country. Uh, we have uh, not only a very good labor force and, and some know-how, but also good conditions. Uh, if we talk about geography, uh, if we talk about the government incentives, so it's only good that we have attracted a lot of investment. Uh, let's say the big proportion of this is cars. But then uh, it also poses some risks and it's only up to us how to try to kind of um, make them as small as possible uh, and how to make the, the, the risk management in this area. So if we addressed maybe a little bit better um, the innovation part, the, the SME support segment over the years, I wouldn't share the, the, the um, notion that much uh, because the automobile uh, manufacturers would be still here, but we would also have different other uh, companies and industries that would either fill in as a subcontractors, but also in different other areas that have been just over the years undeveloped. So I use this, uh, let's say, uh, I use this uh, position or maybe this take on the on the automotive segment just to use it as a as a stimulator of a discussion for the SME segment. So yes, in a way, uh, but it has been helpful for the economy and it's just up, up to us to follow up accordingly. And you, you mentioned it a couple of times now, and I think it's the core of your 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 philosophy is innovation. If you know the Americans have this philosophy of uh, spend money, make money. Uh, do you think there's there should what areas do you think that um, anyway the EU and recovery resilience plan should invest into? Uh, obviously, innovation is one. There is money available now. What would you like to? Where would you like to see that money invested so that Slovakia could become a more aggressive, competitive exporting nation? Well, um, there would be many areas probably, and we would go probably quite way beyond the export um, arena. Uh, arena, but. Uh, I would like to say that I was very disappointed that there has been zero reference to export in in uh, in the local, let's say, or our national uh, recovery plan. We have counted the words uh, literally, and there has been almost nothing. And and we have proposed uh, a couple of, um, let's say, not only solutions but maybe areas that could be approached uh, in any way that the the government would would take it. But but it was somehow neglected, I would say. But the game is not lost uh, because the, the money is just on the way and different mechanisms are being implemented. And of course, different areas also overlap between each other. So it doesn't really mean that if you don't have anything export related that the uh, economic environment will not get its uh, or, or, or the private sector will not get uh, any support. But we are trying to push at least a little bit of or, or piece of the cake 
could be uh, somehow allocated for export and for more of uh, interaction, synergies, branding, and some foreign presence of Slovakia, because I think this is what we've lost over the years, and I referred to this uh, earlier. Uh, but overall, I would like to see bigger in, or more of an investment into infrastructure, tourism, and agriculture, because these are the, I would say, predispositions that we have naturally. Sure. And they need to be uh, not developed, but they need to be also sustained, and uh, they need to uh, they need to be uh, supported constantly. Uh, you mentioned uh, a couple of times now, and I, I'm going to pick up on, I'm going to pick you up on it, is to have a stronger presence abroad. And when you say a stronger presence abroad, abroad, do you would you mean that uh, Slovakia needs more of a lobby, a caucus in the United States? Well, definitely, and you know why you're asking this. Uh, uh, I'm afraid we don't have any at the moment, uh, and that is a problem uh, because uh, in the United the United States is our partner, and we need to have strong voice not only on a political level but also on the economic level. And here, when I look around and see what other friends of ours and countries around can do and achieve in the United States, we are just way behind. And uh, we looked at it. Uh, we know different mechanisms that the that uh, they work or are implemented in the United States. You need a very, uh, you need a good partner on the ground. You need uh, influential people. There is a lot of networking. You need to get introduced. You need to have follow-ups and very, I would say, constant presence. And it's not just about messaging, uh, you know, online or in the virtual uh, space. But you also need to be need to be present and constantly, uh, let's say nurture this relationship with the United States. And this is something that I believe there is also quite a potential for Slovakia. Do you think that was neglected previously or was it something that just wasn't of interest? Well, just to give you a little bit of uh, maybe understanding or something that is uh, quite, um, I would say, serves as self-explanatory is the Slovak American Business and Innovation Council that has been established a couple of years ago, a very good, let's say, ambition or, or, or platform that uh, had to somehow uh, unite on both sides companies or businesses that have been interested uh, either in Slovakia or in the United States, supported by very innovative companies. It, it should have served as a platform for, for communication, networking, you know, for, for, for some presence on the ground on the United States soil, but also in Slovakia. And in three or four years, it has been shut down. And it just doesn't make any sense, and I don't know why. I may know why, but I would not like to comment it. But I would say it was just by the lack of follow-up and interest on, on one of the sides, and I believe it was our side. I think perhaps under the new American administration and, and, and the, maybe even the new government here, the, the ambitions with America will, will grow in, in time. And, and at the Council of Slovak Exporters will probably be uh, a pivotal cog in, in those discussions. Um, you mentioned uh, on a couple of times that you've spoken about innovation, but something you've also mentioned that I picked up on is this marketing and business development and branding. I think if we if you're going to drill down into the core issues of why Slovak export hasn't had as much of a global appeal as it could, because there is a lot of potential here, is it because there has been a lack of desire to put these Slovak companies on 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 the global shelf? Well, I just believe that we may have become a little bit lazy and oversatisfied by the status quo, okay. uh, being integrated into the EU, more or less good numbers, more or less good development, but you know, not very much thinking about what is ahead of us in years to come. 
that is one part. Uh, then the other part, or, or my take is, and I would not like to use the description of a small, but as uh, one ambassador friend told me, we are a compact country. And uh, if you're a country of a population of 5 million, you really need to have a stronger voice. So you need to be louder if you want to sell yourself. Because if you want to be compared or, or seen or heard on the market of 360 million in the United States or over a billion in, in China, it's not enough to, you know, to take things as they are and, and as usual or business as usual. You sure. need to be inventive. You need to look for, for um, maybe some possibilities, opportunities where you can really, you need to just work harder. So if somebody tells me that everything is fine and we don't need a global presence and we can, uh, let's say, shut down embassies and, and some foreign offices or, or we, do not, not, we do not need to kind of open up uh, private enterprise offices abroad because everything is done online is just so wrong. Sure. You need to be present everywhere all the time globally uh, because the world is more interconnected and always you can achieve things when you're on the ground and you have the real touch with the environment and with the people on the other side. I know you don't like to talk in, in hypotheticals because they are precisely that, just can check conjecture. But let's say worst case scenario, the EU disbands and there's max, you know, the, we've seen what happened with Brexit uh, and the UK's ability now to uh, negotiate its own trade deals. If suddenly the EU was to disband, where would Slovakia be in terms of negotiating its own trade deals, do you think? Well, I, <laughs> I hope this would not happen and this will not happen. Um, of course, uh, our position will be or would have been uh, quite different and quite more negative and worse than of the Great Britain also given the size and and and, and the overall uh, state of play of the of the economy and the government uh, but anyways I have always referred to it that the Great Britain will just um, capitalize on this and I think we see it coming and uh, I would not comment further on the EU policies it's, it is it is not my capacity now uh, or my ambition uh, but definitely, I believe everything is business and everything what is happening in the international relations and on the global political scene is business related or followed up by business. And therefore, we need to look at it from this perspective. And this is something that did not occur to us, uh, I would say, for the last decade or two. Uh, and we have quite strictly divided political topics from business topics. And this is also just so wrong. It needs to be interconnected, not only locally, the economy to the government, but also all the foreign ambitions need to be implemented and fulfilled by some economic parameters. So you, you're talking about alignment there again. And again, obviously, economic diplomacy, you would, you would struggle to see an optimistic picture for Slovakia if the EU was to collapse tomorrow. Well, of course, then we would find out that the overall number of our uh, commercial attaches or economic diplomats has decreased by 25% over the last decade. Sure. And I just don't know why. And there is not much reason to it. Therefore, definitely this area needs to be developed. Uh, but of course, let's give it that this negative scenario that you are painting on the wall is not happening. But anyways, there is just so much going on in the world and you cannot do more with less people. Sure. So you always need to invest in human resources and constantly support your economic ambitions abroad. That's one of the things that I've noticed uh, in my time in Slovakia is that there's definitely talent here. And, there is. And there's definitely opportunity here. It's how we take that to the next level. I like to think of it as, as a small country with really big potential. Compact you, countries. Of. You said compact. Uh, uh, or your ambassador, former ambassador friend said, 
Um, I can't resist asking you this, um, and I know how much you hate talking about it, but I'm going to ask anyway. Do you think that your previous political ambitions have helped or hindered your 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 time at the Council of Slovak Exporters? Well, both ways. They have also uh, helped me find. The well, <laughs> well, they, it it helped me find this area and 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 maybe see the potential and build also some expertise uh, by not only traveling but I also engaging with different um, partners, um, private companies, etc and have a more of a plastic understanding on what is not only going on here in Slovakia, but also abroad. But on the other hand, you always have to pay uh, for, for your political engagement. Uh, I think I did pay, or maybe I do pay still in a certain way, but it's okay for me. I have counted on it, and I believe these obstacles will be um, kind of um, taken over uh, or, or, or will overcome. get overcome, will get past them by time and by definitely the delivery and the results that we do here. So mm, nothing that would surprise me uh, and, and nothing that anybody would care about globally. So it's just, you know, some, some, some local um, maybe collisions and, 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 and some sure. local memories that always evaporate over time. So um, I think we're doing a good job. Uh, this is definitely not a political project, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to what, what we can achieve here. So we can clear that up right live on air or, or whenever this podcast is released. You, you you don't harbor any political aspirations at this point? No. And the, and the Council of Slovak Exporters is your only focus and delivering on your mandate? Well, that's, uh, that's uh, where I believe I also have some added value. I have a great team here, including you and uh, also other colleagues and uh, I think we're quite promising and it's very encouraging to me uh, what feedback we get from the foreign markets and foreign entities. This is something unexpected uh, and, and it's very, very positive and very encouraging. Uh, so I believe we're just in the right direction and uh, we'll deliver. Okay, so uh, I just have a, one last question and, and I, I guess this is the, the kind of podcast question that everybody dreads but you have to ask it anyway. Where do you see the Council of Slovak Exporters in five years' time? And, and, and what would you have liked to have achieved? I mean, you've already achieved so much as an entity in, in this last year under duress, under harsh circumstances, um, managed to publish articles. We've delivered on members, uh, podcasts, um, several articles. I mean, the list goes on. There's lots of accomplishments that have been done in this year. But where do you see the Council in five years? Well, I'll, I, I won't be very humble. Uh, I believe uh, I <laughs> believe if we take it from the perspective of the council and the local environment and market, I want it to be one of the most successful and flexible business associations here in Slovakia. But not limiting ourselves to Slovak market, I would really like to be settled and well-established uh, internationally. Uh, so I rely on these foreign partnerships that we are not only concluding, but we're also uh, looking to to conclude and establish and I think the global network and the picture of where we can reach globally is uh, only developing and being fulfilled with other partners. So I, I want it to be a, a well-established business association that is known internationally and globally as well. And uh, I would also like to see some practical results on both sides. So also achievements of the private sector, but also of the government uh, what it can achieve with our help, uh, it would satisfy me and and also I believe us as a team. And we'll always find ourselves uh, um, 
addressing different demands, different opportunities of different companies, and it will just naturally grow. Uh, sorry, I, I, I was going to conclude it there, but then I remembered I, I wanted to ask you something else. So I'm going to add this question um, from your previous meetings today and, and the ambitions of Slovak entities abroad. It'd be remiss of me not to ask about uh, Slovakia's ambitions in the Middle East at the upcoming Dubai Expo 2020 uh, Expo, uh, which is actually in 2021. Yep. Um, where do you think this stands in terms of potential and and do you think this is going to be an effective event well this event uh, has been very much uh, looked forward to right for a couple of years it had been it has been postponed as you mentioned for for a year uh which gave maybe another space for better preparation um which i believe uh, the, the slovak team has used to its full potential um in the middle east uh there is many different opportunities, also many promising markets and also quite a good appetite of our companies. So we receive a lot of demand for the Middle East. And uh, also a couple of our members, up to 20, are participating at Dubai Expo. So we're looking forward to that event. We're also preparing some, some, some strategic materials, maybe some help, some individual approach to our companies, uh, either if we'll be there physically or, or, or pre-virtually and afterwards. We'll deal with our our members and try to help them use to its full potential their presence in Dubai. But not only in Dubai, but it will have an opportunity to reach out more regionally to the Middle East, but also to Africa and and different global markets. So this is yes, this is the upcoming event uh, as of October, if I'm not mistaken, and. Uh, Definitely, this will be also an area of our focus. And I hope very much uh, that we carry on to have face-to-face uh, -face events uh, in, in, in light of what happened last year. And, and we hope very much for the Slovak mission that that's a very successful and for all the companies that participate. Well, I think uh, it, unless there's anything you'd like to add, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and I'd like to extend my gratitude to Lukas Parizek for joining us today on Export Air International. Pleasure has been mine and thank you, Zul, for, for doing this podcast with me. And I just would like to say to our listeners and mainly to the private sector and all the cooperating entities, the Council of Slovak Exporters is a good address and is there for you. So reach out with anything and we'll try to be helpful. So thank you once again and see you soon, hopefully. Thank you. Export Air International is brought to you exclusively by the Council of Slovak Exporters.